This morning, we have a blessing to have Chantal Ratliff, who's going to share the word with us this morning. I need to describe Chantal to you because some of you may not know who she is. Together with Stuart, they have been serving in this church in the background, serving faithfully. If you go to the prayer meetings, uh, the, the one we do first Thursday of every month, you will always find Chantal there praying because she's an intercessor. Chantelle is also a gifted preacher and teacher of the word. She also has a blog where she writes about triumph from brokenness to where she is today. When I was thinking about introducing Chantelle this morning, two scriptures came to mind. The first is both Stuart and Chantelle. You have been like the potter. You have been like clay in the potter's hand where the Lord has been molding and shaping you for what he has for you. The second scripture that came to mind is uh, the Bible says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. So this morning, I want you to welcome Chantel and receive the gold from the Father that's in her. Is this on? Yeah, it's on. Welcome to the house of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you've received a warm welcome already. Won't you just join me in giving a hand to the worship team? Wasn't that just awesome worship we had this morning? So just by way of introduction, this is a picture of my family, my husband Stuart and I. We are privileged to have a blended family, and we have five children. They are all adults now, all grown up and out of the house and carrying on with their lives. Some of them married, some of them not. But this is where we started from. And it has been a journey, and it has been quite a story. (laughs) So that's who we are. We are in our Let There Be Light series. We're in week four, and this morning, it's my duty to answer the question, why did Jesus die for you? We um, have already answered some difficult questions in this Let There Be Light series. In week one, we answered the question, who is God? That's an important question to answer if we're going to serve him. The second week, we answered, why is there suffering? And this Sunday, Pastor Siv preached a very powerful message on where did evil come from. So we are on Good Friday, and it's a good Friday, because today is a very special day for Christ followers. All over the world today, Christ followers pause, and we look to the cross And we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember this unique historical event that the entire message of the gospel revolves around. The cross of Jesus is central to our faith as Christians. And this day... We as Christ followers all over the world, in one mind and with one spirit, recenter 
as we remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. It's a bit like taking a snapshot and looking at a snapshot of what he did for us. We take photographs because we want to have memories, specifically of past events that were precious to us. And that's what we as a church do today on Good Friday. We, we, it's like we take out that snapshot of what Jesus has done for us, and we remember it. We look at it, and we remember an event that took place over 2,000 years ago. And when we look at photographs of past events, they evoke powerful emotions, powerful memories of the significance of that time, especially those snapshots that are precious to us. And we all have those. It's, it's something that we can keep as a keepsake and revisit regularly. And this morning, the Lord wants to give us a snapshot of what he came to earth to do, a snapshot of his earth mission. And I believe that as he gives us the snapshot, it's going to be something that we can keep in the pocket of our hearts. Not only for ourselves as we take it out and we remember what Jesus did for us, but also to show others. Come on, you all know one of your favorite things is to show others your photos. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we ask your blessing on your word this morning as we gather here in your name to remember what it is you did on the cross for us. Lord, we ask that by your spirit, you would imprint the snapshot of what you came to earth to do for us on our hearts and on our souls. Lord, that it would be a permanent snapshot that we will never lose and that we would visit it regularly as we remember and as we share with others what you will share with us this morning. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So we're going to focus our camera lens on this scripture. I'm clicking, but it's not going. Can you just bring up the next... There you go. Go with me to John chapter 14, verse 6 to 7. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And this is the scripture that we're going to focus our camera lens on. Because Jesus in the scripture makes three statements. He says, I am the way, 
I am the truth, and I am the life. And in those three statements, he reveals three activities that he came to the earth to accomplish. And these three activities were all in response to the condition of mankind as a result of sin. You see, when God created man, the first man and the first woman, they disobeyed him. And that disobedience brought sin into the world. God is a holy God. He cannot coexist with sin. It's like light trying to coexist with darkness. God's holiness is his chief attribute. It's like when you look at, at, at a human, you see their flesh. That's their chief attribute. God's chief attribute when you look at him is holiness. We have to understand this about God to understand the devastation that sin brought into the world. The, the devastation of sin corrupting all of God's creation. Because God created the earth and everything on it. So we're going to look at those three activities, which is that Jesus came to discover, to demonstrate, and to die. And we are going to frame our snapshot with those three words as we walk through what he came to do for us. Jesus came to discover the way back to God. Sin had separated us from God. When God first created man, he walked and talked and fellowshiped and conversed with man. He lived with man in the garden. But the minute Adam and Eve came into agreement with God's enemy, Satan, that separated us from God because God cannot dwell with sin. And that separation brought distance, it disconnected us from God the Father. And in that place of separation and disconnection, things go wrong. So my one son, Tylan, shortly after he matriculated, he, um, he had his driver's license, newly driving, and... Um, he was taking a gap year, and Stuart and I had said to our kids, if you're going to take a gap year, you're going to get a job. And he did. He found a job as a lackey at a construction company. And the one day he was sent to deliver something to a site out in Pretoria. And off he went, and on his way back, he missed a turn. And in his mind, he had not realized he had missed a turn on the highway, so he kept going hoping that at some point he was going to see some landmark that was familiar and he would know where he was. And he knew that he was far from, from Johannesburg, so he kept driving for about an hour before he realized there's nothing here that looks familiar to me at all. Being a typical teenager, he was on reserve. He had no money. 
hashtag cash problems. His cell phone battery was about to die and he had no charger cable in the car. So he started to panic, which is, I think is what we would all do. He pulled over on the side of the road and I got the SOS phone call. But it was rushed because he had no battery, so he was trying to unpack his situation for me. As he was unpacking his situation, I was growing more and more alarmed. And now I was starting to panic. And I said to him, do you know where you are? He said, Mom, I have no idea where I am. I said to him, have you seen a sign? Is there a sign anywhere? He said, Mom, I have not passed a sign in the last 40 minutes. It was now getting dark. I tell you, at that moment, if I could have teleported to where he was to help him, I would have. I became instantly distressed. So we, we hatched a plan. And, uh, but I remember this helplessness that just, like a wave, this helplessness hit me. I could not help my son because I did not know where he was. I couldn't give him direction or instruction of how to come back because I did not know where he was. So I said, you've got to keep driving by faith. You've got to find a petrol station. If you find a petrol station, I can put money in your bank account. You can fill your petrol tank. At least if you've got petrol, you can drive around for a while trying to figure out where you are. I said, get to a public place. Wherever you see people public, don't stop just with someone on the side of the road. Ask for directions. Ask where you are. He put that phone down. And I cannot tell you the, the, the emotion that came over me at that point because I did not know if he was going to be able to phone me again. And I now had to trust that he could find his way. I don't know if you've ever lost someone that you love, that you separated from, that you distanced from. But as frightening was, as that was, my son Tylan didn't get lost because he eventually found a petrol station, filled his tank, and got directions back to the right road. And a few hours later, he arrived home traumatized. We were both traumatized, but safe, praise the Lord. But that is not truly lost. The definition of the word lost means you are unable to find your way back. You don't know your whereabouts. Tylan was able to find his way back. He took a wrong turn, he missed a turn, but he could find his way back. It's like those parents whose children go missing and they never find them again. 10, 11, 18, 20 years go by and they, they don't find a body, 
They never find their child. They just disappear. Can you imagine what that feels like? Well, that's the kind of lost we were. As mankind, distanced, disconnected, and separated from God, things went wrong. We started making our own way. We took our own turns. We missed turns. And this went on for thousands of years. We didn't even know we were lost. That's all we knew. We didn't know life with God. We were born into life separated from God. It was our normal. So how do you help someone who is lost? You have to know where they are. You have to know where they are so that you can help them find their way back. And Jesus came to the earth to discover the way back to God for mankind. Jesus, this is so great is the love of God. It's beyond our human understanding and comprehension. Our minds cannot fathom or contain it. So great is his love that it brought him to the earth as a man, Jesus. So that as a man, from the position of lost and separated, he could, by his human soul, discover his way, find his way back to relationship with God. And not just relationship with God, but intimate relationship with God, which is evidenced in his language, my father, demonstrated in his relationship as he lived it out on earth. Relationship is everything to God. Just like I would have given anything at that moment when I knew that my son was lost, to be there, to help him find his way back. Such is the love of God. And if we will do that as human parents, my, my, my. And Jesus said, this is not working. So you're just going to have to... Isaiah 59 verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Do you transport that out for me, Pastor Sir? Thank you. Our sins separated us from God. Can you go to the next point, please? The definition of the word discover is find, locate, uncover, and bring to light. Take this image, focus on it. Jesus came to earth to find, locate, uncover, and bring to light the way back to God, the way back to a relationship with God. And he did it in his human soul so that we too as humans from our position of separated from God can find a relationship with him 
can find our way back to him. And he said, next point, please. He said, I am the way. I am the way. Jesus also came to earth, next point, please, to demonstrate the truth of God. You see, because at the time that sin came in through Adam and Eve, it not only separated us from God, but it also put us under the influence of God's enemy, Satan. You see, at creation, when God created Adam and Eve, he delegated his authority to them to shape and influence the world, to shape and influence mankind after his character, after God's likeness. But when Adam and Eve came into agreement with God's enemy, they, in essence, gave that authority to Satan. From that point, the world was now under the influence of Satan, being shaped, all creation being shaped. Next, next point, please. By what John 8.44 describes the devil to be. The devil does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. I want you just to think about that. There is not one iota of truth in the devil. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Now, what happens to a world that is now being shaped and influenced by that? I want to demonstrate the power of authority and its influence with what I'll call the chicken or fish principle. So blending two families is a massive task. You're blending everything. But this story relates to the blending of diets. So our two separate families were raised eating different things. My three stepchildren were particularly fussy eaters. There was not much that they would eat. And being the good mom that I am and wanting to give them a balanced diet, I employed some trickery. I went and bought some boxed hake fillets that are crumbed. They are so highly processed, they don't even taste like fish. Do you know the one? Prepared that, served it, kids came running in, mom, mom, what's for dinner? I said, chicken. <laughs> All sat down, started eating, and my one stepson, Josh, is particularly fussy. There's very limited things that he eats still today. I did try. And I was watching him carefully, particularly, because at this point, none of the kids ate fish. And he took a couple of bites, and he looked across the table, and he said to me, Shan, are you sure this is chicken? <laughs> and I said to him, yes, absolutely, it's chicken. It's delicious. Eat it. And he ate the whole thing. I said nothing. 
I did this a couple of times. About the third or fourth time that I served fish as chicken, I thought this is my teaching moment. So I was waiting for him to finish his last bite. And I said, Josh, did you enjoy that? Was it tasty? He said, yes. I said, you know what? You just ate fish. Well, his face dropped. He was devastated. And he's never eaten fish that's chicken ever again. <laughs> and that was the end of my, my subterfuge. The kids caught on very quickly after that. If it didn't taste like what I said it tasted like, they wouldn't eat it. Thank you, Pastor Sam. And uh, it, that is the influence we have over our children as parents who have authority. We have permission to influence and shape their lives. That's why we have the same mannerisms as our parents. We may laugh the same or do the same things. That's, what, that's the kind of influence that authority carries. And now you have all of God's creation under the influence of lies and deception and all of God's creation all of mankind are eating fish, thinking it's chicken. Because it tastes like chicken, doesn't really taste like a lie, looks like truth, sounds like truth, but it is not truth. Jesus came to earth to demonstrate the truth of who God is. What happens to a world shaped by lies? It's a world utterly steeped in falsehood and devoid of truth. And nothing on the earth escapes duplicity's corruption. Not even God's law. Not even God's law that he gave to his people to help them know who he was. Even the law had become corrupt. In Matthew 6, verse 23, Jesus, the word says, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, if the fish that you're eating, you believe it's chicken, how great, how great is the deception. Even God's law, even his priests, those that were supposed to teach the people about who he was, no longer represented the truth of who God was. His image, his character, his will and his purpose. And Jesus came to demonstrate those. No, not working. So Jesus came to demonstrate a whole lot of things, and I can't give you the whole download. This is why we study the Word of God. But I do want to highlight a few things. And this is better understood, this activity of what Jesus came to do, when you understand the definition of the word demonstrate. Listen to these words. It means to give practical exhibition and explanation, to clearly show the existence 
of or truth of something. Jesus came to the earth to give us practical exhibition and clear evidence and explanation of who God is in full. He demonstrated God's image. Jesus said to him in John 14, verse 8 to 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus was the image of God. He demonstrated his character through the works that he did while he was on earth. He healed the sick. He delivered those that were oppressed by demon influences. He raised the dead. He turned water into wine. He stilled the storms. He did miracle after miracle after miracle, showing and demonstrating, giving practical demonstration and explanation of God's character, of who God is. He demonstrated God's will. He demonstrated that it was not God's will that one person on earth be lost to him in separation. He demonstrated how God is the one that leaves the 99 to go after the one that is lost. God's will is that we are not lost to him. He is our creator, our father. He demonstrated that God wants to make his home with us, in us. He wants intimacy. And Jesus demonstrated all of God's promises as discovered truth. What is God's promises? It's his word, his covenant, his contract with his creation. And Jesus came to earth to demonstrate God's covenant and contract with his people as discovered truth. And then he handed that discovered truth to us, saying, we too can demonstrate God's promises here on earth as discovered truth. We too can live the promises of God here on earth as discovered truth not as something that only Moses did or Elijah did or King David did or the Apostle Paul did, but something we can all do and demonstrate as discovered truth in our daily lives and to those around us. And Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth. Focus on that and put that into your snapshot of what Jesus came to earth to do. And even though Jesus had come to discover the way back to God, to help us find the way back to God, and even though he had demonstrated all of God's truth, we still could not have a relationship with God because sin separated us from God. 
The reason Jesus could have that kind of relationship with God on earth is because he was sinless. He was the only man to live that never sinned. He learned obedience. And that's how he could have that relationship. But we could not. Can you go to the next slide, please? 1 Peter verse 2, 22 says, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. But no other human could have that relationship. So Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to die. I want to demonstrate, because we had been born into this separated state. That was our birth status. I want to demonstrate this with what I call the Milo principle. Can you change the side? And everyone goes, oh. So Milo is my son's six-week-old German shepherd puppy. And they were at the house over the weekend having a meal with us, and it was Milo's meal time, and we were all in the kitchen, and my son started preparing Milo's meal, and Milo started going ballistic. He was jumping up and down, running around in circles, whining, howling, screaming, because he could smell his food. And it was all my son could do. He couldn't even get the bowl down to the floor, and Milo had launched into that bowl. And he was gulp, 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 gulp. He didn't even come up for a breath until every last ounce of that food was taken. Now, Milo's only six weeks old. No one's taught him that. It's in his dog nature. He's born with that. In fact, my son is going to be taking him to puppy training to retrain him, to walk contrary to his nature. And that is how we are born into the sin nature. We are born with a sin nature. Just as Milo's dog nature causes him to act and behave a certain way, so the nature of man that we are born into propels us towards sin. We can't help ourselves. Just like Milo couldn't help himself. It's in his nature. He's just got to attack it. Even the law of God could not retrain us. Could not retrain us to be sinless. Our nature is too powerful. And we kept sinning, 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 sinning. From our sin nature, we repetitively sin. We commit sins. And the law showed us how difficult that it was impossible for us. We just would not be able to retrain our nature. And there's only one way to deal with sin. And that is the shedding of blood. God said in Exodus 30 verse 10 that Atonement must be made with the blood 
of the atoning sin offering for the generations to come. It is most holy to God. God determined that the only way for us to receive forgiveness for our sin was through the shedding of blood. It's like in our own justice system here on earth. If I steal your car and I get caught and I end up before the judge, the judge is not going to say to me, I'll let you off this time because I know you tried really hard not to steal that car. No, I'm going to have to pay the price for that crime and there's a punishment attached to it, whatever that sentence is. And the sentence for our sin was death and it could only be paid for by the shed blood. Jesus went to the cross and he died for you and I. He, with his own blood, paid the price for our sin, our sin nature and our sins in its entirety. Just take a moment to think about that. If I had to ask who would be willing to serve out the punishment of all the crimes that had been committed in Johannesburg for those prisoners, how many of you would volunteer for that? It would be a weighty, a weighty thing to carry that. We wouldn't be able to. Now think for a moment. Jesus took the weight of the sin of the entire world upon himself on the cross. That's the punishment he endured. This is why the cross is so central for us as Christ followers. He became a substitute. He said, I'll go in your place. He said, I'll take the punishment for everyone. Use my blood. Use my blood, Father, to atone for their sins. Two Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus said, I am the life. I am the life. Now we have our snapshot completed. Next slide, please. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus came to earth to discover the way back to God in his human soul, giving us the way to find God in intimate relationship. He uncovered the way for us to have relationship with God. His life is the map to find God. Study the life of Jesus and you will find God. Now we know the way to God. Jesus demonstrated all God's promises as discovered truth. Can you put the next two points up, please? He left nothing of God, undemonstrated and undiscovered while he was on earth. He did it all. He demonstrated what a relationship with God looks like. And now we have the truth. 
Jesus died on the cross to reconcile man to God. And his death has opened that door for us to get back into intimate relationship with God. Now the barrier separating us from relationship with God has been removed. Now, now we have an opportunity to change our birth status. We don't have to settle for the status we were born into, separated from God, in sin. We don't have to do that anymore. Now we can choose to move from death to life. And now there is a way out from under the influence of the father of all lies. We don't have to be shaped by that anymore. We don't have to live under that anymore. Now we can be connected to the father through Jesus. This is our snapshot. Jesus came, his earth mission, to discover, demonstrate, and die. Now we must make a decision. I just want you all to bow your heads, please. Just allow the Holy Spirit to settle in your heart, that which he would want you to have this morning. Decision means that we need to make up our mind and settle on a plan of action. I want to ask that if you are here this morning and you have never changed your birth status. I want to ask if you would consider choosing to come out from under the influence of lies and deception. Choose to not be shaped by that. Choose to not eat fish called chicken. Choose to be in intimate relationship with your Father, the one who created you and gave you life. If that is you and you are here this morning, we would love to pray with you. If you want to change your birth status, the Word of God says that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is the birth status change we need to make. That is the decision we make. Jesus did everything else. We just receive what he has already done. If that is you, won't you just put up your hand so we can pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. If you already know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have changed your birth status, we too have a decision to make this morning. 
we need to decide to what degree we are going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ's example here on earth. Because if he could discover God's promises and demonstrate them as discovered truth here on earth, so can we. If he could find his way to the most intimate relationship with God the Father and show others how to get there, so can we. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have shared with us. We thank you for the snapshot that you have given us of your earth mission. We thank you that you came to earth to discover, to demonstrate, and to die. Lord, we ask that you take that snapshot and that you imprint it in our hearts and our souls by your spirit, Lord, so that we will never lose it and that we will remember it often and regularly. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.